0: Good evening, everybody. We are back with the Q and A session one one eight, seventh day of the fifth month. Let me tell everyone who is listening: whatever you are going through, God is on the throne, and God is good all the time. Hmm. And all things—not some things or most things—but all things work together for the good of those who love God. So love God with all your heart according to his purpose, find his purpose in your life, it will all end at you. At the end, it will all end well. With that note, we'll pray and we'll go into today's questions. Father, this evening, once again, we just thank you, Father. We thank you. Thank you for your Son. Because of your Son. For us, there is no more loss in life. Hmm. Everything is gained in Christ. For us to live or to die, is gain. It's gain, gain, gain. It's profit, profit, profit. Yes, no Lord. loss again, O oh God. Yes, Lord. Because yes. of yours. Yes, yes. We yes, just want to thank, thank you. We Lord. just want to praise you, Father. I pray during this evening's Q&A, you would encourage your people. Strengthen your children. That they would be resilient in their faith, O oh Lord. Mm. As we read This evening's devotion, never, ever quitting. Never bowing to the God that tells you to quit. Mm. The God of this world, but forever resilient, Lord. Let faith arise in everyone, Lord. Each one stand firm till the very end. Thank you, thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.
1: Amen. So we'll start with question number eight. Question number eight. <clears throat> what are we to make of pain, disease, injustice and evil? We find Christ accepting these things which may, which many people advance as the greatest hindrance to religious faith as part of the stuff of life. Christ did not pretend that they did not exist. He coped with them personally by restoring Wherever possible the true order of health, sanity and constructive goodness. He coped with them personally by restoring wherever possible the true order of health, sanity and constructive goodness, next made one. no promise
0: next one, next
1: one okay. that those who followed him in his plan of reestablishing life on his proper basic principles would enjoy immunity from pain and sorrow. Nor did he himself experience such immunity. So how do we how do we reconcile these things? The age-old question of pain, disease, injustice, and evil, and the cross.
0: As long as man is in this flesh, I'm not saying body as that, but in this flesh, it will continue. We can, we have to fight the good fight. We have to try to bring righteousness wherever possible, mm. but. You need to realize it's like the days of Noah. As we come towards the end, all these things will become worse, not better. It will only become worse. Disease will become worse. War, pestilence, famine, and evil. I'm not even talking about unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is a very mild word, but mm. evil will prevail. The Word of God says evil men, imposters, imposters will wax stronger and stronger and stronger. And Jesus used an illustration, two illustrations he used from time past. One was Lot and one was Noah. And we look at the pictures over there, you will realize, no, in the picture you have is every thought, every inclination of the heart in Lot's time, same thing and violent to mm. violent too, to an elderly person like lot okay so you have to realize that is that is the world we are living in the world we are living in
1: also just one question I mean, <clears throat> when there is militant homosexual meaning mm. everything is like militant now in the sense that yeah
0: even the abortion this thing the leak of that what you see on the streets by the young girls and women and all that is militant you see when uh, that's what we see. It's militant uh, about the the right, supposedly, to kill a baby. You see when Roe vs. Wade just mm. turning aside. Roe vs. Wade was passed in 1973. Three. Yeah. They did not at that time did not have the kind of technology which we have today, where, uh, like especially in US, okay, you can see the state of the baby, fetus. fetus, I don't even call it fetus, mm. because that takes it, it's of the baby in the womb, the kind of technology we have, the scanning, you can see that it is a real human being, the kind of technology. So people of the 1970s and the people of 2022 are not with the same kind of knowledge. Today we know, we know it's a real, real baby. It's a human being, okay? And they are fighting. All these have become rights. Okay? Mm. Okay? It's one right pitted against another right. Okay? take Keep your hands off my body. Then you should have kept your body in check. This wouldn't have happened in mm. the first place. Okay? Today, again, unlike 1970s, 2022, you can probably avoid 99.99% of pregnancies if you want. So the point of getting you pregnant, if you... If you choose the other part, it's very rare. (laughs) But (laughs) when that happens, you still want to abort the baby. So if you look at it, we are coming into militant homosexuality, transgender, gender, fluidity, I don't know what kind of junk they are coming up with every day, new stuff they are coming. It's all militant. And in the middle of it is the church. And remember, many of the people are fighting for it. Many of them claim to be Christians. Okay, maybe to be clear. Look at Biden's statement. <laughs> he says uh, these are rights and as a child of God. Okay. Yeah, he used those terms. He used those terms. Okay. And he says all religions according to him agree to the right of the woman to abort the baby. What kind of junk are people talking about? And they bring God into the picture. That's the whole thing. It's that's where we need to understand. So, but these things will happen. These things will happen. But you have to look as a child of God, as a true child of God, as a disciple. Let me use that word. You have to look at everything in the prism, like I said, of eternity. Mm. If we don't see everything in the prism of eternity, we will lose. We lose our hope. We will lose our focus lose our focus because all these things are like we talk about health health is temporary Mm. we talk about sanity sanity is temporary we talk about pain pain is temporary disease is temporary injustice is temporary evil is temporary there is an end to all of this okay end to all of this or if you don't accept Christ work on the cross for yourself there is unlimited pain, pain of Insanity. all of this on the other side. Insanity. Either it's hell or in hell there will be no sane person. <laughs> your, your pain and torment will drive you insane. Okay? You have no idea what pain is. What pain is. Okay? What pain is. It's one of the, some of the answers I write to people when they tell me, you know, people who are on the other side who play the fool with the devil when they say, I wanna die. I said, and die and go where? I ask them Do you do you know where you're going into if you don't have Christ? Do you know where you're going? You think this is pain. <laughs> you think this is torment. You have said you have no clue what is that on the other side. So we have to look at it. Everything is temporal. Everything <laughs> on earth is temporal. And there is eternal. And the eternal side you always have to look at it. Okay. So what you have to do is that Christ also kept that whole thing that eternal perspective okay if you go to um, hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2 the temporal and the eternal is there okay mm-hmm. hebrews 12 and verse 2 looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not, not seen. seen so for the joy that was set before him what is that eternal Endured the cross. What is that? Temporal.
1: Mm.
0: Okay. That is the cross is temporal. temporal. Nobody's gonna carry a cross in heaven. Amen. There is no <laughs> cross in heaven, there are only crowns. Amen. There is no there is no pain in heaven. There is joy forevermore. There is no torment, no grief, no pain. The Bible is very clear. There's nothing of it. Even for the one who comes through the, the flames, there is none of this. The one who gets no rewards also there is none of this. His joy may be a little less, but he's not sad over there. He's not grieving over there. Okay? So please understand here. Mm. Looking unto Jesus, this is how you'll tackle life on earth, looking unto Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. How did he run his race? He looked at the joy that was set before him. He looked at the eternal. Therefore, we also, through faith, in mourning, we looked at it, right? We looked at, we looked at Noah. We looked at Abraham. We looked at Moses. All of them are looking at unseen. something, mm-hmm. the unseen. And we have to look at the unseen. If the unseen is, if our eyes are on the scene, we will go down. And the enemy is forever trying to, either through pleasure or pain, trying to pull us to the scene so that we forget, we lose sight of eternity. If you go again to Colossians chapter 3 and verse
1: 1, 2, and 3, in the NIV.
0: Yeah, verses One, two, three? Yes. Yeah. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Okay? Meaning, it's a it's an eternal reality. It's a positional, eternal reality. We have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Mm. Now, there is a physical reality. Otherwise, this verse doesn't have any meaning. Okay? One and two does not have any meaning. Physical reality is we are on planet Earth. Spiritual reality should be that set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. So, you have two possibilities here. You can live on earth and set your mind on things below. You can live on earth and sit on, set your mind on things above. That's the two possibilities. And he says, if you put your mind on things above, then what happens is we are able to objectively okay, look at pain a disease, okay? I mean, you should try within the parameters of faith to live a disease-free life, Hmm. okay? But is it possible? Very difficult, very difficult, okay? Why? Because of the fall of man and because of the nature of this body. This body is deteriorating, okay? This body is deteriorating. So disease will come and then if you are gung ho about Christ, You will be attacked. Mm. You will be attacked either in your body or your mind or both. It will come. It will come. Okay. You cannot escape that. You cannot escape that. Either you will be attacked in your mind, which will have its effect on the body, or you will be attacked both on the body and the mind. Okay. So that's, that's talking about disease and pain. Then when it comes to injustice, don't get caught in a cause. Don't get fooled. Because... Devil will distract good Christians by getting them caught in causes, because God has given us the greatest cause of it all, which is called the Kingdom of God. Seek ye first the Kingdom of God and His righteousness. So, if you really, really are interested in injustice, really, really are moved and infuriated by injustice, then what you should do is speak the Gospel. Hmm. Because the end of all injustice is when the kingdom of God comes in. The kingdom of God is the answer to all injustice. The Bible says very clearly, This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all, to the ends of the earth, and the end shall come. So when the end comes, meaning it is the reign of Jesus Christ. That is the end. Christ has come. The kingdom of God has been manifested on earth. Injustice is over. Disease is over. Pain is over. Sorrow is over. Grief is all over on earth. That's how you have to look at it. But till then you have to keep fighting. You don't give up. You don't give up. If you are in a place, position where God has put you in, everybody has been put in positions. And in that position, you have to fight injustice in your own personal life, that you are a just person. That's the first thing that's mentioned about Noah. In his generation, he was a just man. Meaning, in your generation, in this unjust world, try to be just. Okay, just. Like, if you look at as a person, uh, we will have many roles. Some have less, some have more. Like, if you look at both of us, we are pastors. We are husbands. We are fathers. Okay? So, we are sons. We are sons. Okay? We are brothers. Okay? So... Technically speaking we have five roles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we have five roles. And in each of this role, try to be just try to be just. Okay. And by faith, try to be just. We are not trying to work out a righteousness of man, we are trying to bring out the righteousness of God. And each of these roles, the best thing is that we have a book a and we have a person, a person mm-hmm. of the Holy Spirit who will guide us. So In another role, somebody may be a lawyer, somebody may be a policeman, somebody may be in the civil service, somebody may be in different positions where you know, and you need to realize, what do I need to do over here? What is that I need to do over here as a part of the kingdom of God? Okay, as a part of the kingdom of God. And always I will say the picture, the best picture in the Bible about this, we need patterns, right? The best picture you have this is Joseph. Joseph was a just man in his father's house Mm. in relation to his father and his brothers. He was a just man as a slave in Potiphar's house. He was a just man in the prison. And finally, when he is given power, he's a just man under Pharaoh. Through it all, he is just. And it's a picture of the kingdom of God. And the testimony, the testimony of the people who observed him is that His God is with him. Hallelujah. Mm. That's, the Potiphar said that. Mm. The Pharaoh said that. His God is with him. And that's all. That's all we can do. Okay? We cannot change the world. The world cannot be changed. Don't even try to waste your time trying to change the world. All you try to be is to be just. And remember for everything that we face in life, it is temporal. It is temporal. The eternal is. Unless you have the eternal, As your default setting, Mm. you will quit. You will quit. And everybody in JTC Hyderabad who is on the group, I would ask you to read today's evening's devotion. I send it to all our churches too. Read that. Look at it, okay? Don't, don't ever quit. The righteous man may fall seven times, but he picks himself up seven times. Okay, one of the things, okay, about faith is that when you have, that's what we call as endurance. You never, ever quit. The whole point between, behind disease, pain, trials, tribulation, pain the enemy brings in is to cause us to quit. And God allows it to see that we don't quit and our faith comes through has really, really strong. So don't quit. And don't keep your eyes focused on the things that are happening below even when you work it out remember, eternity is almost knocking on the door it's here, it's coming very soon and it will be over in the twinkling of an eye, one fortieth of a second, it will be over that's all it takes (laughs) imagine, 6,000 of human history's labor will be over in less than a second it's over and God will be here Christ will be here, and He will be ruling.
1: Yes, so in the in the in the light of what is increasing in this world, I mean, the sense that there is a governmental pressure and as governments that are supporting all this, how does a church in the, the, such a such a context preach the word and yet keep its um, uh, what do you say relevance in what, what in the see
0: settlement? relevance? We are relevant. Only in the spiritual realm, let me tell you, honestly. We are not relevant in this world as so much. We are relevant in the spiritual realm that controls this realm. So any church that wants to be relevant in this realm, they need to do two things. Give yourself hours continuously to the ministry of prayer and the ministry of word. Whichever format. We don't have, because now formats have changed. We don't have to go to the street. And do these things, because we have been given other formats mm. wherever it is possible do it, but you have to be led in these things now we have the internet has the biggest platform God has given you know? and everybody everybody who is gifted in something can they have their own YouTube channel or blog let us say let us say somebody is good in baking or cooking something, and you have you have you seen the number of people. Who watch good cooking channels on YouTube, you have to see hmm. the number of people. It'll be like one cooking thing, two crore people watching. Hmm. Okay. Now imagine you're a Christian and you have been gifted with cooking, making special dishes, and you have a YouTube blog. Okay? And you know what you do? You do it with by starting with prayer. And in your conversation, thanking God and bringing God into the picture, and ending it with prayer. You know what? People will be... You see, you can put... Because I learned it when I was in a place where the church was underground, and I had to give an undertaking when I worked in the system that I wouldn't proselytize. But I didn't have to proselytize. I could put across the gospel in so many different ways. So many different ways. From the beginning, in the classroom, put across the gospel in so many different ways. Mm. And you know what? I have shared this before. And finally, the day I left, my final day in the college, I was T O uh, teacher on duty. The teacher on duty is once a month. And that day, you have to address the whole college. And all the 500 students were there in it, a different country in <laughs> this context. <Hallelujah. laughs> and I <laughs> said... As I finished speaking to them, 10 minutes, I said, before I stop, I said, 4,000 years ago or more, this is how God told his servant, priest, I use very secular terms, God told his priest to bless his people. And I would like to use those ancient words to bless you. And I opened my Bible and I spoke from the book of Numbers and I blessed them. Nothing stopped, nobody stopped me, and I blessed them. And when it was over, all the staff came <laughs> to me and said, Who was that person who blessed? I said, It is from the Bible, from the book of Numbers. Okay, so you always have context. You always have context. Mm-hmm. So you see, you have you can have your blog, you can have your YouTube channel, but you know, you can do it, you can do it. Okay, and it you you can and bring, you no? Know, without being what you call obnoxious mm-hmm. because our god is not obnoxious bring god in a very joyful way in your let us say cooking channel you sing a song under your breath while you are cooking hmm. okay all you have to say is rejoice in the law you do not have to be a singer hmm. See, these things are contagious. They see joy is contagious. Peace is contagious. And this is what people are looking for. For, They are looking for peace. They are looking for joy. And the devil sells a fake item out over there. Okay? So these things are contagious. And we have the real stuff. The problem is that we are not doing anything with it. But we all have gifts. And just use it in the public marketplace. Okay, the world is a marketplace. And we have the best products which we can give freely. We don't have to even sell it. We can give it freely. Because freely we have received. Freely. And we freely be. we give. So look at that. Okay. Act but as possible, as possible, the true order of health. Yes, there is. As far as possible, stick to the <laughs> word of God, eat what the word of God says, drink what the word of God says, and do what the word of God says. He will preserve your body. Sanity, the word of God gives sanity to your mind. Okay? And be constructively be good. Okay? Always look, Lord, give me an opportunity to be a blessing, to be a blessing to somebody today. Because remember, the reason is this. That's who God is. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Than to receive. Always keep that mindset. You know what? I am a giver. Because my Father is a giver. Hallelujah. And therefore, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Any context, you really want to be happy, be a giver. If you are a taker, you will be miserable. man Okay, you will be miserable. Okay. If you are a giver, in any of the roles you play, any of the roles you play, your mindset should be that, you know what, let me see what I can give here. And I'm telling you, even if the person or persons you are doing it for are not grateful There is a contentment and a joy that comes from above. comes from above. Hallelujah. Because it's a scriptural principle. Mm -hmm. Those who give are always blessed. Mm -hmm. Are always blessed. Receive, those who receive also are blessed. But the people who receive only are blessed only temporarily. Mm -hmm. Those who give are blessed eternally. Not just temporarily. They are blessed eternally. Yes, Pastor Vijay? Absolutely. Practice, practice, practice. This comes from practice until it becomes your life.
1: This is again question number 9. It's uh, again a very uh, awesome question. Paul says it plainly. Put off falsehood and speak truthfully. This is the only way of love. Whenever I'm dishonest or trim or share the truth, I'm loving myself more than others. How would you explain speaking the truth in love? Because people still carry offense. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: that's from the book of Ephesians, yes. chapter 4, four if yes. I'm right. Speak yes. the, the truth, truth in love. Ephesians mm-hmm. 4.36, yeah? See, uh, there's an ancient Sanskrit saying, whatever you speak should be the truth. <laughs> but you should not, you don't need to speak all the truth. <laughs> That's where love comes in, okay. <laughs> love comes in, okay. The, the, you cannot speak the truth until you first have love. No. Mm. Okay? You cannot. Be very, very careful. Because if you speak the truth without love, you become Moses. Not the person Moses, mm. but the lawgiver. Yes. The law is not, in, it doesn't bother about love and law. Okay, when you go to criminal court, you're not wondering does the judge love me or not? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. It's, that thought doesn't even cross your mind. With the law it is always mercy, or if you are on the other side you expecting justice. Okay. So without love, truth sounds like law. Okay. That is that is so it is not truth first. Mm. It is not truth first. It is love first. The greatest of this is love. Okay? So let's go there. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 onwards. I think we looked at it last week also. Okay. But we have to come back to that. Verse 4 onwards. First, or first. 3 onwards. Yeah. Okay, 4 onwards. This is the first thing which you need to understand is that get out of this romantic, sentimental idea of what, what love is. It is there. A feeling is there. But that feeling should be based on truth. Otherwise the feeling is a lie. Mm. Okay. Feelings don't always lie. Okay. Feelings will only lie when there is no truth in it. So don't uh, reject your feeling. Okay. Feelings can be true when it is based on the truth. Mm. Okay. So this is the truth about love. Love suffers long and is kind. Why should love suffer long? Because we are living in a broken down world. Mm -hmm. absolutely, totally messed up world where a child, a babe, not a child, a baby is born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Mm. Okay? When a baby is born in sin and shaped in iniquity, that's the kind of world we are living in. I don't know if Adam and Eve hadn't sinned in the garden and they had Abel and Cain. What would have been those babies like? None of us know. None of us know. The only one we will know is the only ones who know is Joseph and Mary, because there was one baby that was born that was not shaped in sin or born in born in sin or shaped in iniquity was Jesus. So one of the things you should we should think about when we reach heaven is asking Mary how was Jesus as a baby and as a child, Hmm. because he never sinned, never never sinned. Okay, so that's how it begins. That's how a life begins. The baby is born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and suddenly the Bible says love suffers long. Why does love have to suffer long? Because the world is shaped in, if a baby is shaped in sin, the world is shaped in sin. But it is still kind. It is still kind. Okay? Hmm. And it does not envy. Okay? It does not envy. Why is this important? Because when you have truth without love, you may be speaking the truth because you are, you have envy. You have envy. Because the Bible says Joseph's brother sold him because, because of, envy. of envy. envy. The Bible says Jesus was mm. sold because of enemy. But if you look at all the arguments they are using, it's supposedly true. Truth,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're factual. No, it is better for one man to die. It is actually prophetic. <laughs> <laughs> it is very prophetic. Like the high priest. But it is, it is empowered by envy. Okay? So that is where love comes in. If you don't have love, your truth may be true, mm. but it kills. Love does not parade itself. Is not. Okay, look at that word. Love does not parade itself. You know what a parade is, Mm. right? Everybody knows what a parade is, meaning so many arguments in a home is because love parades. itself. You see, nobody wins an argument in a home. Even if you win, you have lost. Mm. When a husband and wife, whether they are arguing or uh, fighting, the first thing is you need to ask yourself, what's the point of it? What is the point? What do you want? You want to win the argument? No, there are very, there are very smart women or smart men. Whenever it starts itself, they will say, don't say anymore, you are right. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you want, right? You are right. You are always right. Okay, fine, leave me alone. So even before you opened your mouth, you actually lost those other persons that you are right. Okay, that's what the Bible says love does not because sometimes many of the arguments in a home are stupid because it's truth without love to prove that you are right and what did you get out of the point nothing that's what the Bible says love Mm. does not parade Mm. parade itself Mm. it does not parade itself it does not parade itself (laughs) Okay. Okay. so this is where it comes because we need to realize because we understand if our heart is controlled by love for the other person then the way we handle truth will be difficult. The way we handle truth will be difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, It will be different. The way we handle truth will be different. Because the entire purpose of truth now is to to edify the Mm -hmm. other person. Mm -hmm. It is edify the other person and love Covers. Yes. Love covers. Okay. Though you are able to see the fault of the other person, you are able to put across the truth in such a way mm. that it does not demean or hurt the other person. Okay. Demean or hurt the other person. Okay. Okay. That's how you handle but it. But it okay. will convict him though. Yeah. Though so it, it will, will convict, convict yes. You can always mm. do it in a very, 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 Loving way, okay? That's what God did. Ultimately, if you look at the cross, that is God's dealing with the truth in the most loving way. And God says, after this, if you are not convicted, there's nothing more I can do. There's nothing more I can do. Okay? I have told this story. It's a real story of a pastor who had a young son who was a rebel. The, fast, the pastor, the, the my father used to belt him. But nothing made any difference to this boy. Okay? Because he would still go out and do his own stuff. So one day, he was broken. He asked the father, Lord, what should I do? He said, you do what I did. I did. He got the message. So that day when the boy came back, he said, come inside, come to my study. The boy knew there was trouble. His father was very firm, tough. He said, come. And then the father took the belt out. And then he took his shirt off. And then he got on his knees, turned his belt and says, I'm giving you an order. Now you belt me. He was shocked. He said, "You know what? It's my fault. You are like this. I will take the punishment now." And he said, "You need to belt me, and belt me hard." The boy, with the tears rolling down his eyes, he belted his father. After that, he never went that way again. That was the last time he rebelled, and that's exactly what God did. He said, you know what, I try telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you, telling you. You know what, I take the blame. Now you belt me. That's why Jesus is called the everlasting father. On the cross, he was the father. And we belted him for our mistakes. And if we see that, we are not convicted. Nothing is going to convict us anymore. Nothing is going to change us anymore. And that's what the Bible is talking about. Love. And truth. Mm. It meets on the cross. Okay. If you have only truth without love, it can be very, very hard. Very, very hard. Though you may be right. You haven't changed anybody. But you have only love without truth. It is false. It is false. It is false. Because the entire purpose of both love and truth, the entire purpose of both love and truth is the same. It is to save, to redeem the mm. other person. That's the purpose of truth. Mm. And the purpose of love. At the core, they are both the same. Mm. The intention is the same. I want to redeem the other person. I want to save. They're not working against yeah, each other. They're, they're not, not working, working against each other. They're working together. Mm. Law doesn't work like that. Mm. Law doesn't work like that. That's why the Bible says law came through Moses. Law came through Moses. Grace and truth came through. Mm. Um, the, manifest, the manifestation of grace is a manifestation of love. Mm. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Yes, we, we have become so biblically knowledgeable, but the fact of the matter is true. It's still true. When Moses, representing the law, went to Egypt, the first thing he did was turn water into blood. When Jesus began his ministry, the first thing he did was to turn water into wine. One brought death, the other brought joy. Wine represents life, it represents joy. Because that's the first difference you will see between law and grace and truth. When Moses brought the law down from the mountain, that day, Mount Sinai, that day, 3,000 died when the law came. The law came. But when the gospel came on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were saved. Mm. Okay, that's the difference. The law shows no mercy. It brings death wherever it goes. But grace and truth always brings life. Mm-hmm. It brings life. And that is where you have to see. God doesn't separate one from the other. Mm-hmm. He does not separate. It comes together. Okay, it's very done very gently. And the best example is with a Samaritan woman. Grace goes, waits ahead of her, because he knows she's not going to come sends everybody away waits over there and when she approaches he asks the woman for water to start a conversation she's Samaritan he's a rabbi. there's no way she will talk to him first hmm. and the entire conversation begins on water he changes the subject and says if you drink the water I give you will thirst no more and salvation she doesn't understand she takes it in the temporal level and says wow I don't have to come to get water again why don't you give it he switches from grace to truth. And he says, get your husband. Because you cannot be saved until you have an encounter with truth. Because grace does not work in isolation. Mm -hmm. Love cannot work in isolation. If love works without truth, it is a lie. It's a lie. Love cannot work without truth. It always needs truth to empower it, to bring redemption, to bring salvation. A lot of people will say, why couldn't God just forgive and just wink at sin? No, he can't. God is love and God is truth. God is love and God is truth. You cannot have one without the other. So he tells her, get your husband. And she says, I have no husband. Hmm. And he doesn't condemn her. He says, verily, truly you have spoken. You had five husbands and now you are living with the sixth one. And she doesn't deny him. She said, you must be a prophet. Okay, And now you will realize when truth and grace have met, She's ready for salvation. And she's ready to become a witness. And she runs into the town. The very people she's avoiding tells them all, come and see the man. He told everything that I have done. He see the Messiah. Mm. And that's how it works. That's how it works. Also, there's a very yeah.
1: interesting verse in James chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. It actually gets this entire concept together where truth and love. Love comes together. together uh, 19 and 20 last verses. Brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and some tur- someone turns him back, mm. let him know that he who turns a sinner from the error of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of multid- multid- sin, sins. And okay. remember, love covers
0: a multitude of sins. You cannot have one without the you other. Understand. The problem is when one comes without the other, truth comes without love, people run away from them. Will run away from them. Though they know it is true, they don't want to be anywhere near them. And you have love without truth. It's a lie. And the world is world is manufactured on that lie. Hmm. It's about love, 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 love without truth. Without truth. Okay? Without love. Like all these debates that are going on in the public platform about, you know, if you really love and respect a woman, you should give her autonomy over her body. That's, they will bring love there also. Hmm. Everywhere love is brought and truth is brought. But they don't agree in the platform, okay? God says, love your neighbor as yourself. So, you should love homosexuality also. They bring love over there. Everywhere. But if you really love a homosexual, you should tell him the truth. If you live this lifestyle, practice this lifestyle, you will go to hell. Okay? I love to hell, And I love you. That's why I'm telling you. Okay? I, it's got nothing to do with me. It's got to do with eternity. And eternity is not going to change for anybody. If you're gonna live this life, Mm. you're gonna practice this life, the Bible is very, very clear, God is very clear, this is where you will end up. Now, there is a God who died for you, for Mm. this. And if you look up to Him, you can be delivered. So whatever struggles people are going through, it has to be put across with truth and with love. Even the abortion debate has to be handled with truth and with love. It cannot be handled it cannot. I mean, look at uh, the nations that have technically legalized abortion. For all Christian nations. Oh, Are Christian nations the rich nations? The rich nations. Is it really? I mean, till now, it is sixty million babies, roughly. I mean, must be much more million babies uh, that have been aborted. Let me ask you this simple question to Americans. 60 million babies have been aborted in all these years. This year, this, after Biden took over, over 2 million illegal immigrants had come, has come in, illegally come in. Is it difficult for you have to allow these 60 million babies to be born and to be adopted? From 1973 to 2020? Couldn't they have become citizens? Didn't your country have enough resources to take care of them? So we are not talking about abortion. If you only talk about abortion, then you are law. You have to talk, instead of abortion, we say adoption. Yes. Offer. Offer. Love and truth comes together. Love and truth. Create a culture of life, not a culture of death. Okay? Speak the truth in love. Okay, like we have said this before how do you handle it and you are a church the church is the light the city on the hill the church is the light and American churches were in mega churches they were good small little churches churches. in a church you preach Mm -hmm. the truth Mm -hmm. in love and somebody falls young teenage girl falls and she is pregnant what do you do she knows she is wrong you don't have to tell her she grew up in the church she knows she is wrong So you have to tell her what you did was wrong. What has happened is wrong. And now what we do is we will cover you. But we will tell you, don't get rid of the baby. The act was wrong. The baby is right. The act was wrong. The baby is right. So you know what? We will cover you. We will love you through it all. We will never say what happened was right. But we will do as a church what can be done. If the baby can be adopted, or if it's a young man from the church, will get you married, the church will cover you. Two wrongs don't make a right. Okay? The act was wrong, the abortion is evil. Okay? If the church had done it instead of being very legalistic, had done it that way, okay? Done it that way and created an atmosphere and a culture of love. You know what happened? With truth. We get a different picture. Get a different picture. You know? And we are not justifying. We are not justifying. I know in cases where that has happened. Cases where that happened. And there was enormous restoration by God. And the church did not grow weaker. The church grew stronger because of that, because the presence of God was there. Any, any case, even, even in the case of drug abuse. Okay, we are looking at real situations that are talking about. They are talking about. Teenage pregnancy, we are talking about homosexuality, we are talking about drug abuse, we are talking about alcohol abuse, all these things. You have to confront it. You have to confront it. Says, If you go this way, you will die. So you have a choice. What do you want to do? If you want to let go, we are willing to help. But if you don't want to let go, then you will be on your own. Because what? You bring destruction into the rest of the body too. So you have to make the choice. Like you made a choice, it's the first place to go that route. Now you have to make a choice whether you want to be restored. You make the choice. And depending upon your choice, we are telling you, we are here to help you. We are not here to harm you. But it will it will depend upon you. Because God has said before you, life and death, blessing and curses, you choose what you want to choose. And if the person chooses, I want help, and the church is there to help, then there is no condemnation. Church helps that person to come out. But when the person says, I don't want help, then the church, there's nothing the church can do. That person will automatically leave and go down the road. But never stop praying for those persons. Like Saul said about, Samuel said about Saul, you'll never see my face again, but I will never stop praying for you. I'll pray for you. I'll always pray for you. That's how things have to be done and to be resolved. Otherwise, it will be a very miserable world, whether it is at a home level or an office level or a church level. Okay, But again, when you're talking about truth and love, remember, when you speak truth to somebody, you're making a judgment. Making a judgment. And when you're making a judgment, Mm. be sure you got your facts right. (laughs) You're making a judgment. First thing, be very sure you got your facts right. Okay, Because people in human history have been incarcerated for years and years on false evidence. Some people have died in prison. Even the best known story in the Bible, Joseph was in prison probably for 10 years a false accusation. I believe three years as in Potiphar's palace and ten years in the prison. Or absolutely false accusation for an innocent young man. And the most, of course, Jesus was crucified. The most guiltless person was all on false. So better get your facts right. That's why the Bible says two or three, primarily it means eyewitnesses. Mm, reliable. Mm. Reliable eyewitnesses, who actually says, yes, I know this is true. Okay, Okay. Even there, mercy triumphs over judgment. If the person is willing to change, make a restitution, mercy triumphs over judgment. So first, get your facts absolutely right. Second, before you make a judgment, be sure you have the authority to make it. Judgment is not given to everybody. You don't speak the truth in love to everybody. Where you have no authority, shut your mouth. Or if you have if you have knowledge of something, mm. go to the person yes. in authority. Mm. Like Joseph was the 11th brother. Mm. All the brothers he were with were elder brothers. And he knows he does not have the authority to tackle the situation. So what did he do? Yet the situation has to be tackled. So he took the report to his father. left it to his father to handle it. And once you have done that, your hands are off. You don't have to worry about what happens. You leave it off. You stole to the authority concerned. and Now it is the ball is in their court. You are free of it. That's how you have to handle it. So you don't speak the truth to everybody. You speak the truth to everybody once. You have the evidence. Two, you have the authority. If you have both of this, then God says, speak it in love. The intention is redemption and not judgment, not punishment. Yes, Pastor Vijay. Wow.
1: Pastor, we'll go to the next question again. <clears throat> this is uh, about worship and ministry. Believers who lead the vers- lead worship and serve the Lord, but at the same time act toxic at workplaces, like Jekyll and Mister Hyde, even to their believing colleagues, with temper, pride, jealousy, selfish motives, backstabbing, etc., with no empathy. How does one respond to such situations?
0: Okay, there are two sides to this, okay. This is, this is fundamentally the breakdown of the society has also come into the church. We'll turn to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6. Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution it is the first time the church is facing a crisis internal crisis okay then the 12 summoned the multitude of disciples and said it is not desirable that we should leave the word of god and serve tables therefore brethren seek out from among you seven men of good reputation full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. This is the principle of anybody who does any ministry in the church. Now, is it possible today? Is it possible today? You want a worship team of ten people. Get me ten people full of wisdom and full of the Holy Spirit. Where are you going to get them
1: one of the things that really, um, I mean, c- catches my attention is that how far we have fallen away from the original. original we have,
0: yeah. Because we compromise, 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 compromise. And, and it yes. will show. It will ultimately show. So the question is, what are we going to do? Hmm. What are we going to do in a situation oh. like this? So you will realize, um, if you realize, even there. Okay, let's go further down. four is we shall give ourselves. The saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, and Nicholas, and Nicholas, <laughs> Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch. <laughs> Okay? Six. So there are seven of them, of which, yeah, yeah, that, that's seven. We just stay there. Stay stay there. Six. Stay there. Okay? Stay there. The fourth was. The, the was before. fifth before was. Five. Okay. <laughs> seven of them were chosen. And first is mentioned Stephen. He becomes a mighty man of God. First martyr. Hmm. Then you have Philip. Philip he becomes the evangelist. And the rest we do not know, except probably Nicholas. Nicholas. It is from Nicholas. We have the Nicolaitans mm. probably coming. The heretic. Mm. So yeah. even among one of the seven fell away and brought so much destruction. That's what church history says, mm-hmm. that Nicholas was mm-hmm. the Nicolaitans. Mm-hmm. And Jesus had such a tough rebuke for the Nicolaitans mm-hmm. to one of the churches. Understood? Mm-hmm. So even in the best setting, I mean, you can't blame the apostles. Jesus picked 12 and one was the son of perdition. <laughs> right? Okay. And even among the 72, he said, I know he knew whom, him, how many of them would did not believe and would leave. So, this happens. So, you cannot have a perfect church until we reach heaven. Mm. Okay? We do to the best of our ability. Best of our ability. So, whether it's anything connected with the church, anything connected with the church, we use what is available. Yet, we try to put parameters and we put strictures and say, you know what? It's a very difficult thing. It's not a very easy thing at all. It's a very, very difficult thing. Because, especially, except for those pastors who are full-time, or in ministry full-time, the others, because they are flitting between two worlds, the worship team, our worship team. Everybody is in the world working. And then they come to worship. So they are constantly, we don't face so much pressure. That kind of pressure, because we go into the world only to minister. We are not part of that world that way, but you cannot escape that. You all have to live in the world. You have been called to serve in the world. So the worship team. Now coming over back to that question, okay, that question that is asking, okay? Believers who lead worship and serve the Lord at the same time act toxic at workplaces to their believing colleagues. So the simple thing is that when you have a believer in your workplace, forget what he was at church. The setting is different. The setting is different. Of course, you expect more from a believer. But if you're going to keep that in your mind and expect him to be that here, then you're going to mess yourself up. Mess yourself up. Because you will say, I expect... Uh, see, the, a lot of people will say, unbelievers are better than the believers in the workplace, which is true. Which is true. Because, we, we, because that's a very religious... Point of looking at things, because we are thinking those who are saved are saints, those who are saved are sinners.
1: Mm.
0: Honestly, if you go by First Corinthians, mm. the church is full of the worst cat set of people in the world, but they are the ones who get saved. That's what Jesus told the Pharisees: if the harlots and the publicans are getting in. There, are they have no virtue. Mm. Mm-hmm. They have no. All those who have virtue are outside the church because they think their virtue will get them in. Mm. Those who have no virtue get into the church. And they become worship leaders. Okay. Oh, I'm not talking about our church. Okay, I'm not talking about our church. I'm saying they become worship leaders. They do ministry. They are in the prayer team and all and all those things. And God receives them. God receives them. And we encourage them to do best they can be. Okay, they can be not in their strength, but through the word and through prayer and through the spirit, they mm-hmm. they become better and better and better and better and better. Our one of our greatest saints, India has produced Christian saints, Sadhu Sundar Singh, was asked a question by a lady. See, I am a lady like this. What difference does my prayer make? So his answer was that, uh, sister, have you seen the ocean? She says, "Will you drink that water?" She he said. She said no. He said, "Do you know all this evaporation takes from the ocean?" She didn't know. She said, "All that goes up, and then it comes down as it has comes down as rain." He says, "The water that goes up and the water that comes down are not the same." Okay, so you don't worry. We are like the ocean. Our prayers goes up, but there is somebody up there that takes it and cleans it and presents mm. it to God. What comes down are blessings. So we are not dependent upon ours, we are Mm -hmm. dependent upon the one above who changes it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Therefore, we should try all that the word of God says, but ultimately our worship is taken by the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. This kind God seeks, who will worship in the spirit and in truth. Okay, Mm -hmm. ultimately. So let us say, who is leading worship tomorrow? Goes to God in the morning and says, "This is the truth about me, Lord. I didn't really prepare, <laughs> and I really goofed up, Lord. Yeah. Lord, have mercy." Who is leading worship tomorrow? <laughs> Abel is leading worship tomorrow. Okay, imagine Abel, uh, Imagine Abel fought with Priyanka in the night. Imagine, okay. But in the morning, he goes to God and goes to Priyanka, honey, I'm sorry, just forgive me. And Lord, have mercy on me. And then he goes to God and says, Lord, you know what? I really goofed up. But yes, acknowledge the truth. I really need you. You know what? Usually those days is when the anointing is so powerful. Because you have dealt with truth. Mm. And you have sought the spirit. And those are the kind of worshippers God is seeking. Okay. These are the pictures in the Bible. These are pictures. Like the Samaritan woman. She has dealt with truth, received grace, and she practically turns the whole town to Christ because the anointing is there. She is not a Pharisee. Pharisees are not able to... They won't go to the Samaritan in the first place. They can never convert a Samaritan. This woman within hours have turned so many to Christ. What is the difference? The only thing is she dealt with truth. She received grace. Yes, we then no, I was
1: saying that mm-hmm. when, when, when I have the, the question, I observed that it is more difficult to deal with Christians and and I uh, oh. accept that. And then yeah, then that's then also that. the truth.
0: reason. Is I understand the whole reason mm-hmm. is which is, is a very a true, true thing, fact. Exactly, it's yeah. also true because we expect more from a Christian. Yeah. Okay, with a person who does not know the truth and a person who supposedly know the truth, we expect more mm-hmm. from those who are true. It is true. and It should be genuine. You should expect more from Christians. But the other side of the picture also you need to realize the Christians also are the most attacked. Mm. Okay, now, we are not making excuses. Yep. Okay? You have to look at a Gentile marriage and a Christian, Christian marriage. marriage. Divorces in the world are the highest in Christian mm-hmm. marriages. Why? Because that marriage is a testimony. Oh. That marriage is a witness therefore, that marriage is what the enemy will battle. Christian young men are more into drug abuse than any other men anywhere. Why? Because that man is a witness and called to be a testimony. Therefore, there is one side, the battle that is taking place, and the other side, the testimony that is expected. Mm. So my simple answer is this. What should you do? Pray. Pray. Pray for them. Our job in that case is, if you're in a secular workplace, is to stand in the gap and pray. And you personally, the one Christian who sees it personally, try to be different. You say, what? You know what?
1: I am not going to
0: react in that manner, even when that person is like to be. I will react with love. I will react with mercy. I will react with empathy. And you know what I will do? And that will bring conviction. That will bring conviction. You know what? That's, that's, you see? When did, if I, if I am right, let's go. Pictures in the Bible. First Samuel. Let me get it. First Samuel chapter 26. Remember that incident when Saul goes into the cave to relieve himself? David was hiding there. And his servants, his soldiers said it's a good opportunity to kill him. But he refuses. He just takes a bit of his cloak. And then, you know what? This is what he says. Verse 17 onwards. Then Saul knew David's voice. and said, Is it your voice, my son David? And David said, It's my voice, my lord, O king. And he said, Why does my lord thus pursue his servant? For what have I done? Or what evil is in my hand? Therefore, please let my lord, the king, hear the words of his servant. If the lord has stirred you up against me, let him accept an offering. But if it is the children of men, may they be cursed before the lord. For they have driven me out of this day from sharing in the inheritance of the lord, saying, Go serve other gods. So now, do not let my blood fall into the earth before the face of the Lord, for the king of Israel has come out to seek a flea, as when one hunts a partridge in the mountains. What description. <laughs> then Saul said, I have sinned. Return my son David, for I will harm you no more, because my life was precious in your eyes this day. Indeed, I have played the fool and erred exceedingly. David answered and said, Here is a king's spear. Let one of the young men come over and get it. May the Lord repay every man for his righteousness and his faithfulness. For the Lord delivered you into my hand today, but I would not stretch out my hand against the Lord's anointed. Indeed, as your life was valued much this day in my eyes, so let my life be valued much in the eyes of the Lord, and let him deliver me out of all tribulation." Saul said to David, May you be blessed, my son David. You shall both do great things and also still prevail. So David went on his way. Saul returned to his place. You know what, technically, that was the end of the conflict. The devil fooled David to go into the Philistine territory. But you know what won Saul over? It was mercy and kindness refused to lift his hand. So it's a, you have to take this thing and put it into a into a secular workplace. Okay, somebody is acting obnoxiously. Both are anointed people. Look at Saul as a worship leader and you as a congregation member in the same church because Saul is anointed. Saul is anointed. So are you anointed, anointed by the same pastor or same prophet. One is obnoxious, <laughs> full of pride, and this thing. So you have an opportunity to give it back. What do you do? You show mercy. You show mercy. Okay? If you read the, this thing and all of this is where the enemy realizes he's lost here. And he sets David up by causing him to fear and go into the Philistines' camp. But actually, he should have just remained there quietly. I mean, God was doing everything possible possibly. So for Saul to retire gracefully. But when Saul retired gracefully, David went wonky. So you have to read it through it all. If you read it through it all, you can see how God is so jealous for his people, wants to hide our sins wants to cover us, doesn't want to expose us. That's what he's trying to do. Honestly, let me tell you, 16 months is what, after the next chapter, is going into the Philistine camp. It's just a question of 16 months. If he had not gone over there and he had remained wherever he was and Saul never turned against him, it would have been a different story. Probably Saul would have changed. And when the battle would have been happened, he would have called. (laughs) He would have been together. Maybe in the battle, Saul would have died. Like Ahab died, Mm. where Jonathan and David would have been alive. Jonathan would have said, David is king. That's That's it. That's what the law. End of conflict. See, everything God is trying to do. Mm. Okay. So you look at these pictures, because I look at the whole thing, what I see, how much God was trying to help and protect Saul and his own name with Israel, the first two kings. But you know, so, so we have to realize it, that. And uh, so when you are in a workplace, when you are in a situation where they are obnoxious and they are this thing, over, what do you do? You pray. You pray. Okay? You pray. And you intercede for them. And you try to be that kind, merciful person so that even a hardened person like Saul is convicted. Is convicted. May you be blessed, my son David. We shall both do great things and also still prevail. Even he comes. You know what? Mercy triumphs over justice. You will prevail. Accept you will prevail. And he goes back. Soul returned to his place. So that's how you deal with these situations. We have to look through and you know we have that's where wisdom comes. Okay? that wisdom comes and truth comes and love comes. And you have to balance it both and act. And you will realize every time when you do it, every time. But when people are are not willing to accept the truth. If you do not have the, where you do not have a position or office where you have to judge, leave them alone, walk away. That's what I would say, walk away. But if you are in an office where you have to take action, do it, be just and do it. Because you have to protect the rest of the people. You have to protect the rest of the people. But otherwise, walk away, walk away walk away. Just walk away from that situation because it's not for yours to bring justice over there. Don't bring a cause that mm. says, I want to bring justice into the workplace. No, you cannot do that. Just walk away. Stay away and you will realize God will work it out. Yes, Pastor Vijay.
1: Pastor, there are one one odd question which I think we have to address. Uh, this has got to do with thing Again, it's almost on the same lines. This is question number six. Uh Do you have any idea of what the sovereignty of God has to do with our speaking? James, James 3.10, where both bitter and sweet water come from the same mouth. Please, can you explain this? James 3.10, please, if you can.
0: May, yeah. Out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not uh, it is not the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God, for me, the sovereignty of God and a child of God's response is best described in the book of Daniel. Daniel, of course. That is Chapter the, the, <laughs> the, the, the statement of yes. the sovereignty of God and how does a servant of God, a Be child sworn. of God, uh, yeah. Yeah, got it? Last verses. Go. Uh, chapter 4 and verse 16. Hmm. Let's Let's and 17. and 18. No, 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 we are not in chapter 4. Uh, it's
1: chapter 5 maybe right? Is it chapter 5? No, no. It's
0: uh, chapter 3. Chapter 3, verse oh, 16. Oh, yeah, okay. Chapter sorry. 3. Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego answered and said to the king. Okay, the king is saying, Bend or bow or burn. Oh, okay. Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. It does not mean they don't have a need. Basically, what they mean by that, we don't have to search and fast three days, four days to <laughs> find what should we do. That's what they mean. Meaning we already know what the answer mm-hmm. is. We don't know. Because earlier and all, Ramba they asked for time mm-hmm. and they asked for time to pray fast enough. But in this situation, they said, we don't need time. It's very clear. We know exactly what we need to do in this situation. We don't need to answer you in this matter. Verse seven: If that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. Awesome. Yeah. Then he was full of fury. So we understood we understood the picture. He says, you know what? We know what we are supposed to do in this. Situation. We will never bow to this idol. We know the sovereignty of God. He can save us if he wants. How we will do it, we do not know. But if he wants to do it, he can do it. But if he doesn't do it, hmm. meaning it is not that we will not bow to this idol only if he saves us. Hmm. Saves us. Even if he does not save us, we will not That is the nature of truth. So this is how you deal with truth. When you deal with truth is that I will deal with truth only when it works for me. Mm. Hmm. I will deal with truth also when it does not work work for me. me Because truth can stand on its own. Mm. I have to make this decision whether I am going to stand with truth or not. Truth cannot cannot be bent. Because truth in its very nature is of God. God is truth. Jesus said I am true so this is so this is where the sovereignty of God comes in. So when you go to this question about about um, about the tongue in James chapter 3 the entire chapter is primarily is talking about this because God said I said before you life and death Blessing, choose life hmm. and uh, we choose life primarily with our words. first we choose life with the words we speak. And three ten says that from our mouth, contrary things should not come. Blessing and cursing, right? Proceed, blessing and cursing. So, literally, look at it. What God is saying? God is saying is that I set you, set before you, blessing and curses, life and death. <coughs> choose. So He says you cannot choose both at the same time. No, one day choose blessing, next day cursing. One day life, one day death you can't, you can't do, you can't do. In the sovereignty of God, when you understand this, son, or rather when you understand the sovereignty of God, you need to realize, choose blessing, you will live. If you choose curse, curse, you will die. Understand the sovereignty of God. See, you can only choose, I and you only can choose, we cannot choose the consequences. Oh. That is the sovereignty of God. Mm. We have only the power to choose. Mm. We don't have the power to bring about the, the result. That is in God's sense. Paul can only plant. Apollos can water, but they cannot bring the increase. <laughs> they cannot bring the increase. Okay. So he's saying, understand the sovereignty of God because you try this this is this is basically karma blessing and curses balancing it from the same mouth <laughs> he says it doesn't work like that <laughs> okay it doesn't work like that he says you need to understand the sovereignty of god you can bless you can curse but the results are in god's hands mm. so proverbs 1731 or 21
1: 18, 18 18 18, 21, 18, 18, 20, 21. 18, 21.
0: Okay, 1821. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Okay, whatever you love, whether it's blessing or curses, it will ultimately, this is what we call God's law set. Mm. It will not change. It cannot be changed because God has set it that way. So in God's sovereignty, He has set it that way and the Writer James says, be very, very careful about it. You can't keep on cursing and expect blessings to come. Okay? (coughs) Or you can't bless today, curse tomorrow, curse tomorrow, bless day after tomorrow. He says it doesn't work that way either. It doesn't work that way either. Understand the understand the laws that has been set by God. He has said before you death and life. Choose life. Choose life. Choose blessings. Don't choose curses. Yes, Pastor Vijay?
1: Pastor, actually, all of the other questions we have actually finished, uh, to the best of my knowledge. What is a toxic relationship is one thing which we oh, looked at. we, did, look, we okay. looked at it. And even the previous one, connection between Genesis 1, 1 to 2. At least to the best of my knowledge, I think we have, we have, we have done them all. And maybe one question is there. How do we witness Jehovah's Witnesses? Uh, no,
0: that leave it alone. Uh, that was too old. Yeah.
1: Yeah,
0: we did toxic relationship yeah, and all. Yes, yes, yes. There's some theological questions. Um, Genesis one one and two, one and you, you
1: want to look at that?
0: I didn't look at the verses, but oh, we didn't look at about retaining the curses. Yeah, that's uh, what I was question number two. Yeah, okay, yeah, shall yeah, shall yeah, shall yeah, we, we can r- look at yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Question number two, yes. Question number two, and then we can close. Yes, that's fine.
1: Yeah. My question is difference about the difference between Matthew chapter six verses fourteen to fifteen and John twenty twenty three. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your uh, heavenly Father forgive your trespasses. Twenty twenty three says, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Yeah. In in which scenario can anyone retain sins? Doesn't Matthew chapter six fifteen apply in such a case? Can I consider Acts seven verse sixteen, Stephen's case, as an example of the first scenario, and an example mentioned by you as an example of the second scenario? Incident. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: that's that's fine. That incident, okay. But uh, here, here you need to realize, John twenty twenty three is a different context altogether. This is Jesus speaking to the apostles. Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. He breathes upon them. Yeah,
0: he breathes upon them. But look at the the principle of it. The principle of it. When he had said this, he breathed upon them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Remember, this is the words by which the entire confessional of the Roman Catholic Church was instituted. where People go to the confessional. And they confess, and the priest forgives them. The entire doctrine or dogma in the Catholic and some of the Orthodox churches where they have this is based on John twenty twenty three, Because mm. they believe the church has the authority to forgive. The authority to forgive. If you ask me, yes and no. Yes and no. But... I don't wanna put it in that in that context, I wanna put it in a general context. The thing is that I just put an example of a home husband, wife, parent, child. Okay. Husband sins against the wife, or the wife sins against the husband. What happens if one person does not forgive? And she chooses to retain. You know, the marriage starts breaking down. Starts breaking down. Starts breaking down. Okay. Or, parent-child. Okay. So, here, you have to be very, very careful how you look about it. Basically, It's a very difficult portion about retaining sins. Retaining sins. Let me give you another another example. Again, John is the one mm -hmm. who says, okay? Mm -hmm. John chapter five. Chapter five, verse Mm -hmm. Mm sixteen. And seventeen. I believe John is understands because only later when Jesus tells something to them, they don't understand. Later, one John, one John, one John, John chapter five, sixteen and seventeen. Okay, I guess this is what he is talking about. If anyone sees his brother sinning a sin which does not lead to death, he will ask and he will give him life. For those who commit sin not leading to death, there is sin leading to death, and do not I do not say that he should pray about that. All unrighteousness sin, and there is sin not leading to death. I believe this is what he is talking about. The sins you can forgive, and the sins, even if you forgive, it is irrelevant. It
1: is also in the context of breathing the Holy Spirit, because there is one f- sin which you can never be forgiven, is a f-
0: blasphemy against blasphemy that, that it's not in your hand anyway. That is mm-hmm. not in your mm-hmm. hand anyway. Mm-hmm. That is anyway in God's hand. Okay. You look in a context. Whether we look at only two contexts, we look at it basically because that's the only place where we actually the believing part comes in: home and church. Okay, home church. Let's go back to verse sixteen. Super sixteen. If anyone sees his brother, okay, brother, okay, sinning a sin, sinning a sin, which leads to death. He will ask and he will give him life for those who sin, commit sin, not leading to death. Okay. Now we, we have to be very, very careful about it. Mm. Okay. Sometimes we take government rules as sin. Oh, did you see that brother? He cut through the traffic light. I think he's not going to heaven. Come on. So we have to be very very careful about it there are certain sins if people continue in mm, that yeah. it will lead to death okay so when you encounter a situation like that situation like that what do you need to do or oh, let us look let us look at real practical example okay Go to Revelation chapter 21, chapter 21, okay, and verse 8, got it? The cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, murderer, sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. Okay? So, in any of these things, categories, you are continuing in this. It is dangerous. Hmm. Now, let us go to a practical demonstration of this. Chapter 8 of Book of Acts. Okay? Because there is a word are called sorcerer. Mm. Okay? Now go to chapter 8 and verse 9. Yeah. Simon the sorcerer. <laughs> now there was a certain man called Simon, who previously practiced sorcery in the city, astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great. How did he do that? Through his sorcery, through his power. To whom they all gave heed, from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God. But when they believed... And they hated him because he had astonished his with sorceries for a long time. But when they believed Philip, as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. And Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and the signs which were done. So there is two powers. He also had power. And then he sees the power of God walk and he was stunned. He had never seen anything. Now when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard somebody had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, Hmm. who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Now Simon realized what was the power that was working in Philip. Understood? Mm-hmm. He also had power. And he was amazed. But he did not know the source of the power Philip had. But when he saw the baptism of the Holy Spirit taking place, he realized, oh my gosh, this is the power that is happening. When Simon saw that through the laying of the apostle hand, the Holy Spirit was given, he offered the money. Mm. Why? Because that was his old procedure. <laughs> People came and offered People him know. money so that he would demonstrate his power. So he offered the money. Give me this power also, that anyone on whom I lay hands may receive the Holy Spirit. Probably he became a sorcerer because he he received the training and the art and the power of sorcery from another sorcerer to whom he paid. That is how it works. Mm. Nothing is free on the other kingdom. But Peter said to him, Your money perish with you because you thought the gift of God could be purchased with money. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness and pray, God, if perhaps the thought of your heart may be forgiven you. Okay? I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and bound by iniquity. And Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me, for none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. Mm. So you have a situation over here. Here is a sorcerer. Mm. Now, if he doesn't take heed and continues in his way, This sorcerer who has believed and got baptized will go to hell. Will go to hell. But if he repents, if he repents and turns, so if you look at all these things, okay, and if you look at all these things, you will realize anything. You talk about the cowardly, fearful. Okay, fearful. What will ultimately happen to the fearful? They will ultimately start denying Jesus a different, different, different. First they start by compromise, then they will end up denying, and they will end up in hell. What will happen with liars? They will lie, lie, lie to save their skin, and ultimately lie in the big thing. Okay, Are you a Christian? No, I am not. Ultimately, they will end up lie, deny, and end up. So that's what the Bible is talking about. Okay, So there about retaining is you are in a position of authority. Mm, you are in a position exactly. of authority. So here, you know what, if you go back into that portion, uh, Acts chapter eight. 8, and that last verse, last verse, or straight to I think. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, verse 24, then what did Simon say?
1: Pray to okay. the
0: Lord. He said, pray to the Lord. Okay. Now, uh, if he doesn't change, it's not forgiven. It's hmm. not forgiven. Okay, Peter, if if uh, Simon is a elder in the church, he will say, "I need to see that you change. I need to see you change."
1: Prove to me exactly.
0: Okay, yeah. I need. Okay, that's that's exactly what John the Baptist will say. What have you come to get baptized? Yeah. Bring fruit that is meat of repentance. Okay, basically, have you forgiven? Yes. Have you forgiven? No. Mm. Mm. I have forgiven you in one way, but positionally, relationally, you will not experience it until you really change. So it is a conditional forgiveness. This condition: on one side, I have forgiven you for my sake, but your sake, you will not. Okay. so Jesus uses this both he uses you know if you if you have if your brother has something against you he says go but he says if a brother sins against you mm. and comes to you mm. and asks for forgiveness how many times what if he doesn't come to you mm. forgiveness if he comes to you forgiveness works in two ways if he doesn't come to you it only works one mm. way. Right though you have forgiven him yes he yes he's still he's still, he still retaining it mm. he's still retaining it okay so in prayer also there are sins that lead to death especially the blasphemy when it comes to that this "Leave it alone don't pray for them do pray for them you're praying okay they know what is true and they're absolutely different they have They have, the devil has not taken them captive to do their will. They have gone over to the devil's side to do his will. They have sold themselves over to that side to do evil. To do his will. And there's no point praying for those kind of people. You know, they have gone over to that side. There's no point praying over that people. Okay, these are people, like the classic example in the Old Testament is a guy called Balaam. He's a sorcerer. He knows the real God. But you cannot get him to change. And even when he goes, he sets up Israel to fall and he goes. And therefore he is, he wants to die the death of a righteous, but he dies the death of the wicked. He's slaughtered by Joshua and Tim and the end. Mm. So that's where it is. That's where it is. And that's how it's, it's a very difficult, difficult situation. But I would say that personally speaking, as individuals, don't be apostolic. Mm-hmm. We don't have that wisdom and discernment. Just forgive people mm-hmm. and move on. Mm-hmm. Move on. Forgive people and move on. Okay, because unforgiveness kills you.
1: But in a context of a church, it is valid. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, when Paul tells in Second Corinthians chapter 2, this guy, he was sleeping with his father's wife. Uh, and then he comes back in the church. He says, I forgive them, a bit, but yeah. the restore that person back. Otherwise, back, yeah. And he uses his apostolic yeah. authority yeah. saying that this if yeah. you forgive them, I also yeah. forgive that person. Yeah. But, but that's only in that's the context of it, leadership. Yeah. Yes.
0: But you will see that Paul also mentions people by name. Yeah, like Alexander the, 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 the Copeland. Right. He much evil, Lord. Deal with him. Deal with him according to his work. You know what he's doing? He's retaining his sins. Hand him over to not to the other man who slept with yes, his stepmother. So that his soul may be yes, saved. Yes, the I other not one, not this case, yeah. he says, These have gone on to the no, other side saying. to harm the body of yeah, Christ he yeah, yeah. deal with them.
1: Both of them he says, Hand him over to Hand save him, them but him. restore him back. This, in this case, no way. In this case, in no this, case,
0: this yeah. is a restoration because it's a personal yeah. fall. This is not a personal yeah. fall. Oh my this my is gosh. a deliberately planned, plotted out to harm the church. And there he says, it's different. It's different. They are harming the church, so leave them alone hand them over to God to God to deal with it. So that's how you look at it. So it was an interesting set of questions. Amen. Praise God. But the battle continues. Hallelujah. <laughs> until he comes. Amen. Yes, Pastor Vijay, yes, we'll Prophet. close in prayer. Amen.
1: Okay. You want to close, close.
0: Father, we just thank you once again, Lord. We just thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Every step of the way, we need your wisdom. Your Spirit to show us, Lord. Sometimes it is so conflicting, the situations we have to handle, ethical situations, moral situations. Mm. so And unless we have the wisdom of God, we will goof up. We will make wrong judgments. So help us, Lord. When we face these situations, we make judgments which are right. When we speak the truth, we speak it in love. Mm-hmm. That our love should always have truth. Mm-hmm. That we are always trying to be a witness of Christ. In his power and in his wisdom. Mm-hmm. Help us, Lord. Commit the church into thy hands. O Lord, your hand would be upon them who are not well in their sick beds. So many in the ICU. Pray, Lord, that you would touch them. Heal them. Raise them up from their sickbed, Lord. For your word says, and we believe it, that by your wounds we were healed. We receive it by faith. Speak peace into every troubled heart. Let them receive that peace that was purchased by you for us on the cross. Meet each one at their point of need, Lord. For you are our provider. And you are our provision. Be with us through the night. If you tarry to come tonight, give us another day in the land of the living. I pray, Father, be there, Lord, with us as we gather in your name, in your house, every place. Be present, Lord. That's the sole reason we gather. Because you said you would be there. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray Amen Amen Amen, Amen.